0: This is Mortgage Talk. Hi, I'm T as in Tango Echo, a mortgage loan originator in Southern California. I'm here to help you buy your primary home, second home, and investment properties by using other people's money. Welcome to another episode of Mortgage Talk. Today's topic is Dream for All. What's Dream for All? This is a new program uh, from California Housing Finance Agency. Just a little bit of background. In 2021, Assembly Bill 140 authorized the California State Treasurer's Office to develop a framework for the California Dream for All program that makes homeownership more affordable to low and moderate income Californians. Just May last year, 2022, senate president pro tem tony atkins proposed budget appropriation to fund the program i believe it's 500 million dollars and uh, in june of last year governor established the program through the state budget so now the CalHEFA, the california housing finance agency tasked with the development implementation sustainability so this program is coming live on Monday, March 27th. So what is this program? This program is basically for first-time home buyers purchasing a primary home in California. And the way it works is the home buyer gets a conventional first mortgage from CalHafa, and this program provides a second mortgage that is the Dream for All program. And this second mortgage can provide up to 20% of the purchase price or appraised value, whichever is lower. And this money can be used for down payment or closing costs. And there are some occupancy requirements, obviously. So all borrowers, not just the Primary borrower, but all borrowers must occupy this property as a primary residence within 60 days of closing. And uh, the term of this second loan matches the first loan up to 30 years. Well, typically, the first loan that the homeowner, home buyer is getting is 30 years. Um, the payments on this second loan. Are deferred meaning well is it actually zero interest it's also called a silent second and this loan is due at a few of the possible scenarios typically if you sell your home or you refinance your first mortgage and this is due but also it is due if you transfer the title if you actually pay off the first loan Or if you pay off a subordinate loan principal balance, let's say you're paying off the actual principal balance of this second loan, and then there will be also something due as well. Now I'll get to that point uh, in a second. Then if you refinance the first loan, yes, that will make the second loan due. Or somehow you get a notice of default. And once that's filed and recorded, and this becomes due as well. And this program is also called the Shared Appreciation Appreciation Loan Program. There are some down payment assistance programs out there that might be equity sharing. Um, That means they actually share the equity in the home. And but this is actually just shared appreciation. It does not share the whole equity. So what does that mean? Um. Well, if your home today is worth, let's say, $500,000, all right, and you take out a first mortgage of $400,000, which is 80%, and then you will get a dream for all loan as a second, at 20% of the value $100,000 and then you sell this home five years later so remember you made some payments on your first mortgage and let's say you've paid off um, $30,000 on that mortgage so let's say in the you um, when you when you sell the home 5 years later the home is now worth 640,000. So the home has appreciated 140,000. That's basically the difference between 640,000 and 500,000 the original value when you purchased the home. Out of that $140,000 appreciation you would take 20% of that appreciation which is twenty eight thousand dollars that will need to be paid back to the state for this program and uh, the homeowner still has a you know the rest of the appreciation belongs to the homeowner so in the end what happens is here's the breakdown when the home is sold the first home the first mortgage balance now it's $370,000. Just remember in the, in the example, let's say, assuming we paid off $30,000 of the principal balance. And then this second loan, for Dream for All loan payback, we need to pay back the original loan amount, which is the 20% of the original value, $100,000, plus the of appreciation, okay, which is the 20%. Of the appreciate appreciation, which was a hundred forty thousand times twenty percent of twenty eight thousand, so we're gonna pay back a hundred plus twenty eight, a total of a hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. All right, that's an example. Now, um, there actually there is a difference, uh, not always one to one ratio between. The loan amount and the appreciation share so if the homeowners income is above 80 percent of the area median income now area median income is a number that's uh, based on the Fannie Mae um, census tool there is a tool on the Fannie Mae website the way you can look up to find out their area median income is for a particular area. And so this goes by that a, a-, a- area median income or AMI. So if the home buyer's income is above 80% AMI, well it's still under the Cal Hefa program income limit, which is a county specific. So in that case, it's sort of a higher income then the share is one-to-one, one-to-one share, meaning from 20% of the loan value as the second loan amount when the house appreciates and the home buyer needs to pay back 20% of the appreciation. Now, if the home buyer's income is below 80% 80% of AMI, then they are given a discount. So it means that they will not need to pay back appreciation share at a lower value, which is a, uh, 75%. So uh, f- for example, if they borrow 20% in the second dream for all loan, And then when they sell the home, there's appreciation. Their appreciation share payback is going to be 20% times 75%. All right. So that basically is 15% of the appreciation. So they are paying 5% less than those with higher income now is the appreciation share unlimited no the share actually is capped at 2.5 times the original loan amount so in the previous example that 20 percent of the value was a hundred thousand uh, dollars that's the dream for all loan so let's say the homeowner kept the home for a long long time and you know The house has appreciated so much that if we go by the one-to-one share calculation, the appreciation share could have exceeded 2.5 times 100,000, basically $250,000, <clears> the appreciation share, but that is where the cap is set. So no more than that. So basically, the appreciation share is capped at 2.5 times. In this particular example, it's $250,000. That's the maximum appreciation share plus the original loan amount, which is still 100000 So by the time they sell their home, I don't know if their home has appreciated so much. <clears throat> let's say the value has tripled. Okay, and Then they still need, only need to pay back $350,000. Okay, the 100 plus 250. Well, the loan amount limits, first of all, the amount is still subject to the conventional loan amounts. So the conventional loan amount is, um, the conforming loan amount is $726,000 $726, roughly. And there's also high balance um, loan limits. <coughs> The high balance loan amount is $1.089 million. If if you're going to borrow uh, above the conforming loan limit, there is actually a cost for the high balance loan amount. But that aside, let's talk about loan-to-value. The loan-to-value for... Uh, this program. So, First of all, you have a first mortgage, which is a conventional loan with Cal Heifer. And then you have a second, which is the dream for all loan. And the combined loan to value, these two loans combined, has to be between 70% and 105%. All right. So, which also means For your first mortgage, you can get 50% all the way up to 97%. Now remember, 97% is the maximum for a conventional loan. So the minimum would be 50% because if you do 50% of first, first mortgage... Then you can get up to 20%, which is the maximum for the dream for all loan. So these two together equals to 70%. So that's the minimum cumulative loan-to-value. So that's why for the first mortgage, you can go as low as a 50% loan-to-value. If you do get a 50%, 50% loan-to-value, then you couple that with 20% dream for all second so if you're taking the maximum loan-to-value for the first mortgage which is 97 percent you can do that if you want to then you can only take eight percent of the dream for all second loan because these two combined comes to 105 percent which is the maximum cumulative loan-to-value or combined loan-to-value. Now, there's one under one condition. The loan limit is a little different. If the first mortgage loan amount is over the conforming loan amount, which is seven hundred twenty-six thousand dollar, roughly, then the First loan, loan to value, first mortgage loan to value can be up to 95%, not 97%, okay? So that would be 95% of the first mortgage, and then you add another up to 10% of the second mortgage dream fall, because again, the upper limit is 105 combined loan to value. So you see, there's multiple options here. Now, why would someone go with up to 105% combined loan-to-value? Well, think about this: if you get 105% loan-to-value, okay, 100% covers the value, right? But then the extra 5% you could potentially use for closing costs. Okay, there are income limits for basically every down payment assistance program there's always income limits because they are meant to help low to moderate income families and these income limits you can download the document on my website mortgagetalk.us but i'm going to give you some examples for uh, some of the socal counties so, if you are buying a property in O.C., Orange County, then that limit is $235,000. In L.A., $180,000. Riverside and San Bernardino, $173,000. San Diego, $211,000. Ventura, 228000 now, what are the requirements for credit score and DTI, debt to income ratio? Well, so as we know, for most income based mortgages where we verify your income, we do consider debt to income ratio. It's a, a crucial concept. Debt to income ratio means, or oh, well, there are actually two types of debt to income ratio there's a front end and a back end. Um, the idea is, either we're looking at your housing expenses for the current subject property, uh, the mortgage principal, interest, tax, insurance, and uh, HOA dues, all combined, as the so-called um, housing payment, and then we we'll look at that, and then we divide that by the your income, okay, the mortgage qualifying income. Uh, Income calculation is a very specific mortgage is not really the income you put on your tax return So that it is a debt-to-income ratio for a front-end ratio if it's a back-end ratio meaning it's the uh, Debt for all your properties Okay, now not just the mortgage payments, but also your Recurrent debt on your credit report and so there are basically two ratios now if we don't specifically mention which one it is it usually means the back end like all your debt combined okay so here for this program the dti ratio if your fico is over or greater than or equal to 700 then that dti is 50 percent just rule of thumb, for most programs, 50%. It's potentially the maximum you can get. But in certain situations, you can go over a little bit more. But again, for this program, 50%. If you have a good FICO, over 700. If your FICO is below 700, but above 680, then the DTI is 45%. Well, remember the the bigger the easier it is to qualify. Okay, the debt is at the top, income is at the bottom. So if you have more debt, less income, that number is higher. So you want that number to be higher so that you can borrow more. So in that range is forty five percent. Now there is a, an exception for lower income borrowers. Lower income in this. Context means income is less than 80% of the AMI, the Area Median Income, based on Fannie Mae. So for those borrowers, the minimum FICO can be as low as six, 660 right? So generally speaking, for mortgage applications, if you want to get a mortgage, your FICO should be 660 if you want a good rate and a pricing. Now, if your FICO is lower, yes, you can still get a mortgage, but your pricing may not be so good. All right, underwriting requirements in this case, uh, there are a few things to take note. You can get a 2-1 buy-down with this program. If you do use 2-1 buy-down, 2-1 buy-down means you're getting a temporary interest rate buy-down for the first year and the second year of your loan. And first year, your interest rate is reduced by 2%. Second year, your interest rate is reduced by 1% and then 30 year and onward your interest rate becomes your note rate the normal rate that you got the mortgage for so the discount for the first year and the second year that money has to come some, from somewhere typically that would be an item to negotiate with the seller and seller may be wait, uh, willing to pay for that now if the seller is paying for the buy down there are some limits for the amount of buy down credit they can pay for so if the combined loan to value is greater than 90 percent which is the most likely scenario if you're using this program then it's limited to three percent of the loan amount so you have to do some calculation make sure that 2-1 buy-down amount is basically the saving for the first year and the second year on that mortgage is not exceeding 3% of the loan amount. Uh, Which usually should not be a problem, but it's a good idea to double check. Now, if the combined loan-to-value is less than 90%, but uh, over 75%, then that limit is six percent so there's a higher limit if the combined loan to value is less okay so that's kind of the t1 buy down feature and also there's another requirement you got to get a one year home warranty now typically this is an item paid for by the seller not necessarily you may always get that by just customarily this is kind of a seller paid item but one-year home warranty and what are the fees this program there's an extra five hundred dollar fee for the lender to process this program with the state the cow agency and of course the regular lender fees still apply so just compared to any other loan program, this is going to cost you five hundred dollars more. Not a big deal among the big grand of uh, scheme of things. What are the interest rates now? Interest rates fluctuate. It could be daily, could be multiple times a day. Um. So, but right now, as of now, when I checked, that rate is six point one two five percent. Not too bad. Low 60s is not too bad nowadays. And as I also mentioned, if you have a high balance first mortgage, meaning it's greater than 726,000 roughly, then you have to pay a high balance fee of 1.38% to 1.412% of the loan amount this is a fee mandated by this program. Um, Now, why is there a range? These two numbers depends on if the borrower's income is lower income or not, or if it is under 80% of AMI or above 80% of AMI. And uh, remember these programs are designed to help low to moderate income families. So if your income is lower, They give you a little more help. So fee would be lower if the income is lower. Not only that, actually, the the rate potentially is actually to reduce the rate uh, if your income is lower. Let me actually just double-check right now about that lower income. Okay, so. Right now, the lower income rate is 6%. So it's 1 of a percent better than the higher income rate. And remember, there's one more benefit for the lower income family is the appreciation share. They get a 25% discount on the appreciation share. Okay, Another thing to remember. Actually, the last thing to talk about is the home buyer education. There is a required home buyer education class you have to take if you want to use this program. The typical cost for that education class is between $25 and $99. Last time I checked. And this certification is valid for one year. So um, you can take a class at any of the HUD approved counseling agency. You can Google that to find out. Or there's a few other online websites that also offer those classes. And I will provide those links on the website at mortgage talk.us. That's it for today. Don't forget to check out mortgagetalk.us where you can submit questions and I'll answer them in the next episode. I'll see you next time on Mortgage Talk.